Hello, 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 my loves. Welcome back to another episode of the Healed and Healthy Podcast. It's your girl, Liz. I'm here today to present to you this beautiful conversation I had with my friend Tiana about the entirety of her journey that was and still is being a healthy version of herself, the obstacles that she had to overcome, the sheer amount of healing that is required to do the things that this woman did is incredible. I enjoy listening to her story. I hope you do too. There are a few caveats I need to mention to this lovely interview is that number one, um, the company that Tiana mentions does not claim to treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Also, Consumers that use Formula One as part of a healthy, active lifestyle can expect to lose half a pound to a pound a week. And this this interview is really going to fill your heart and your soul up. It definitely filled up mine. I knew plenty of Tiana's story because of our connections with the health and fitness industry. And listening to her talk about her journey in a one-on-one setting was very different than any other time I've heard her share her story. So I'm really honored that I got to facilitate this interview and I'm even more honored that she's allowing me to share it with everyone. So you guys, without further ado, here is my favorite interview to date, Tiana. We're flowing. Yes, absolutely. That is great. So, Tiana, tell us who you are, number one. I am Tiana Record, and I live over in a little itty-bitty town in Vermont, in the middle of nowhere. Same, though. The middle of nowhere. Me neither. The middle of nowhere is a very special place to be. (laughs) Everybody knows everybody. Exactly. So because this is the Healed and Healthy podcast, I want to give you opportunity to talk about your health journey, number one, because I know part of it because of our health and fitness business connections. Yes. So that's been fun to see and to know you through that, but then also what you're doing now with your health, because you've been crushing it, quite frankly. Social media stalk you, full disclosure. (laughs) <laughs> that is a-okay i'm Just, glad you went along for the ride oh yeah of course always here to support all of my friends so how many years have you been on this journey of bettering your health where did you start where are you now and give me everything in between all right so if we're gonna talk about bettering my health we should probably start from the beginning where i really it was the last thing i could have put first um I at 13 um started using opiates started using prescription pills I was dating someone older than me and one thing led to another and it kind of spiraled from there and it was that was a long heartbreaking journey that eventually uh many years later about a decade later led me to uh, the Vermont State Prison. And I went into 
the prison with a mindset of, I love drugs. I'm going to do them until the day that they kill me and nothing's going to change. But when I turned 25, still in that jail cell, I had a bit of a awakening moment and it actually started when, <laughs> when someone came into my cell and said, let's go to church. They have cookies. And <laughs> I had up until that moment, never stepped foot in a church in my life, uh, except for my grandmother's funeral. But I always get down with some cookies. So I mean, who doesn't get down with cookies? <laughs> so I'm thoroughly enjoying that cookies led you to a place of worship and began you on a health journey. It's <laughs> it, it all went from there. So before I could even focus on fixing my body, I had to get right spiritually. I went into prison at the lowest weight I've ever been. It was not healthy. I had no muscle tone. I was losing my teeth. I, I mean, the drugs had destroyed my body in a way that I didn't even fully comprehend at the time um, and wouldn't even start to figure it out until I eventually got released 18 months later. But I found myself in that little room of worship with my cookies and they started playing music and talking about chains being released and, and how there is something bigger than me and there is more to live for than everything that has brought me to this point. And it was like a mind blowing moment as I'm in there with all of these women who have been through a lot of the same stuff that I have, some more, some less. I mean, I was sleeping in a cell with women who had murdered their husbands and, you know, women who had a couple DUIs. I saw a lot of people on a lot of different journeys, but I started to really focus on mine and, and what I really wanted from my life. I turned 25 in that jail cell and and it had just had been miserable up until that point. I thought I felt good, but I didn't. It was just constantly ch chasing and searching and, and it was also artificial. So I started to really focus on getting my mind right. And I started studying and I started working out with my cellmates and, and I, quit the kitchen that I was working in in the prison for 15 cents an hour and <laughs> stopped eating brownies for breakfast mm -hmm. and started uh, going and out and working on the elliptical and out in the rec yard. And it was all just a means to help myself feel better. I was still recovering uh, from the addiction and I will be for the rest of my life. And with giving up a substance, you tend to replace it with something else. So I'm trying to clear my body of these drugs and my mind and my spirit. And at the same time, I am consuming a lot of calories. <laughs> they, mm -hmm. they don't feed you the best food in those places. It's, it's carbs and carbs and carbs. It's rice and pancakes. And, and then your commissary comes and it's <laughs> soda and ho-hos and, mm -hmm. and your 
gambling, you know, playing cards for Twinkies. And it was, I ended up leaving after 18 months and I had gained more than a hundred pounds. You know, that is something that is very common of everyone I know who's ever done something as simple as quit cigarettes to quit using opioids and other stronger, more addictive substances it is really easy to replace those substances with food because chemically they do the same thing to your brain. Yes. They so, light up the same reward system in your brain. And, and it's that, that quick hit that makes you feel good. Even though, you know, later it's going to make you feel like crap. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I accomplished what I was trying to. And I, I was, I had set out on a new mission. It was no longer, I'm going to do these drugs until they kill me. It's, is I'm going to fight to live. And, and I was okay with the weight gain. I, uh, I wasn't even paying much attention to it until they went, <laughs> the day of my release, I went to put on the clothes that they had arrested me in. Oh. And I could not. <laughs> that must have been a huge, because I forget that they provide what you wear throughout the day. Yeah, like I don't oh. even think they washed those clothes that I'm pretty sure I had been wearing for about a week by the time they arrested me mm -hmm. and it wasn't pretty um I ended up just <laughs> changing my mind and leaving in a pair of sweatpants that I had ordered off of the commissary list when I got there so from the prison I went to a behavioral change program down in Brattleboro for three months and that's when I started really okay. Like this, I feel steadfast in my recovery. I have a goal. I feel good in my body now. I'm not withdrawing. You know, I still really like to eat food, but let's focus on one thing at a time here. And let's, let's really start to move my body. Like I had been using the elliptical and walking around the yard and doing these little uh, body weight workouts in my cell with my cellies but my mom god bless her heart she brought down <laughs> to the program sean t's hip-hop abs oh and my gosh that <laughs> that's was, not a throwback in of itself yes, yes at this point it is you know 2016 and that was like the thing with sean t oh. and and we <laughs> would wake up it, we were so regimented and had such a schedule set for us that we would have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and it was me and a half dozen girls would move the furniture and try to dance as quietly as we could, you know, cause, and we're all, we had all been on, we had all done time together and transferred to this place together and mm -hmm. we didn't care what we looked like and we were just having a good time and we felt good when it was done. And that kind of got me started and the three months that I was in there, um, I had lost 15 pounds. Which That's was a good incredible. Yeah. Think of like, itself. Right. And I, you know, I think it's my body, body was shocked. It's like, what are we, what's happening right now? Why is she moving like this? <laughs> but, um, and you know, there was a little less commissary and instead of being force fed, you know, eat this or be hungry. Mm -hmm. um, they had a full salad bar at night and everybody got to take turns uh, cooking. It was, if it was your night to cook, you got to choose what you were making and someone would go out and get the groceries and it was great. So when there's six of us out of the 15 that are 
working towards getting better, it was, it was nice. And we were able to support each other. So I, I went into tapestry was the name of the program. at I love tapestry on a personal note. When I was in Rutland doing internship options, I got to spend some time at tapestry and it was great. I adore that program. I thought it was amazing. I, I thank them for everything. I, I came out of that plate. I had been doing drugs my whole life. I mean, I went into this transitional program who, thank God, uh, talked to me about how to go grocery shopping. Uh, and oh, that and, is such an incredible skill. Cause I know adults now that still don't understand how to grocery shop for more than just what you, whatever you want to eat. Right. Like I would, I didn't understand the concept of walking into the grocery store with a grocery list. Like, here's what I'm going to make. This is what I need. Not just like buying a bunch of random stuff Mm -hmm. and hoping I can put something together. Those meals that we would make once a week on our night, you know, just, we would have to make out our list and have to make sure we got it all. And it was a lot of planning and preparation. And they helped me apply to college and, and get a job and it was really, it was wonderful. So I lost the first 15 pounds there and then I went home and that took a lot of deciding. I, the, the time that I was away, I, I didn't know if I wanted to go home there. I just knew that everyone back home was either still in it or had died or been arrested themselves. And it's terrifying. And if, it, if I didn't have a daughter here waiting for me and my mom, who would probably ne- never let me live more than a mile away from her, um, I, I might have gone somewhere else. I considered everything from staying in Burlington to moving to Rhode Island. Like I just, anything but coming home because it terrified me. But I had time to get ready. All that growth, like, you grew exponentially in the time you were away. And it's really yeah. easy right back in well I just realized there (laughs) there's drugs everywhere and there's hardship everywhere and and you can't outrun something that you're not ready to stay away from I that is I just I'm writing that quote down that is going to be one of the taglines of this episode yes because it's so true whether it's uh sex drugs carbohydrates it's always going to be available. So if you're not ready to stay away from it, you're not going to, you're going to find it in front of you because you will draw it to you. Yeah. So I had to be ready to come home and, and I was, and I had to have a plan and I knew the whole people, places, things. I filled my quote unquote toolbox that they talk mm-hmm. about in AA and NA. And I came home and I set off on my plan and, you know, one of the very first steps was to find a community of healthy people. I am not someone who can be alone. I cannot isolate. That's a lie. I'm very good at isolating and I need it a lot. But I also, when with that isolation, I need a balance and I need people in my circle and I need them to be good for me and healthy and have the same goals. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? You know that? Absolutely. Yes. So I needed to find some good, strong people. So I went down to 
the gym in the next town over. And Great I had place never, to meet people. <laughs> I had never been in a gym in my life, but they were so welcoming and they were so excited. And it was just a little gym down in Bellows Falls that wasn't any bigger than you know my living room and my kitchen put together and and I walked in and they showed me how to use the machines and they they invited me to spin class which I had never had more fun or worked harder in my life spin class is something that I constantly advocate for people to go try because it is fun yes don't realize it you're in this room with people who are sweating and crying and the music is loud and yes adrenaline and that that was everything I was looking for so I started going to the gym and I was there for about a month and my mom would go down with me I was actually on I had got released on good time quote unquote so I was Mm -hmm. on FSU which is field supervision unit which means at this time I was still technically an inmate Mm -hmm. but because my good time I was doing my time on the outside. So I had to write out a schedule every day of where I was going to be, how long I was going to be there, why are you there? And I would have to turn it into my parole officer. So I would schedule my time down at the gym and then I would walk and I started walking. (laughs) It's like, how far can I walk in this time? Yeah. I would walk an absurd distance and then have my mom come pick me up. I would just walk for as long as I could, as far as I could in that time. And then my mom would come pick me up. And it got to the point where some days I was walking, you know, eight miles in two hours. Now, Holy listen, Glock. <laughs> so I tried to run it with this, in this mindset of how far can I get in this time? Me at 250 pounds, never having run a day in my life. I didn't yep. even run the police. I take off at a run and I wake up the next morning and I'm like, mom, my, my foot hurts. And she says, what did you do? I said, I ran. She's like, you ran and you fell. I'm like, no, I just ran. Just ran. And I broke my foot. Oh. I broke a bone in the top of my right foot because it turns out heroin can actually deplete bone density Mm -hmm. and I was 250 pounds never having run a day in my life (laughs) so my feet didn't really know how to handle it yeah it's stress on your body (laughs) right but I was I didn't care I didn't even let that slow me down I'm like okay no spin class for four weeks like we got this we're still gonna go and it was probably two months of of working out and getting comfortable moving my body and seeing which ways felt the best, but I knew in the back of my mind, I was going to have to work on what I was consuming. It's mm-hmm. not just the energy you put out. It's, it's everything that I'm putting in my body. You know, this has got to be a priority also. Thankfully, I was living with my mom at the time and she, she actually gained a lot of weight while I was using from stress she gained a lot of weight she ended up with high blood pressure I mean it took a a, just as big a toll on my mom's Mm -hmm. body so we we were gonna do it together and it was nice to have that partnership especially in that time where I couldn't even see a lot of people I was taking college courses but other than that like I wasn't allowed to leave my house 
Mm-hmm. But so she would start making healthy meals for dinner. Slowly, I started to eat a little better fruits and veggies. I've always liked fruits, but I've also always been a picky eater. So veggies weren't exactly my favorite thing. Yeah, you're like, not alone on that. Trust me. <laughs> but it's like, there's got to be an easier way. And I finally made the decision to get onto Facebook. I, it took me a minute. Am I going to subject myself to what everyone else in the world is doing? What if I fall into making bad decisions and talking to the wrong people? And, and again, it came down to, I'm strong enough to do this. I'm strong enough to avoid making bad decisions and to make the right choices. What if anything were presented to me? So I got back onto Facebook and Liz Smith, who I grew up with, uh, my, her mom is my mom's very best friend was talking about, uh, protein shakes, meal replacement shakes. Mm -hmm. And it seemed so like the minute I saw it, I'm like, this is, this is what I need. This is easy. Mm -hmm. This is me not having to worry about what you know what I'm eating six times a day and is it healthy and are the macros right and yes I didn't have the energy I was still you know putting my energy into into finding ways to move my body and my energy into my recovery and I was chairing AA meetings because NA meetings made me uncomfortable so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wouldn't hang out with the people who like alcohol because it's all the same yes (laughs) and you know, on top of meetings and working two jobs at this point, because I started working down at a, a nursing home and I was doing the bookkeeping for my parents. Mm-hmm. On top of all of that, it's like, I cannot be carrying around Tupperware and absolutely that stuff. I got to heat up. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. Cause like just in this short list I've written down, you were at the gym, you were constantly writing your schedule out for your parole officer. You were working two jobs you're walking in between times that you were doing other things like that's a lot yes Plus, maintaining your recovery that is a very full plate I found one of my old schedules that I had made out for my parole officer and I looked at it I'm like I was so busy like and maybe I needed to stay busy because idle hands are the devil's playground and absolutely I, you know, I just needed to keep moving and what is the next thing and always have a plan. And that's what made me feel comfortable and that's, and it worked. But when I saw the meal replacement shakes, I'm like, this is, this is going to be what helps me get to the next step. This way, I just have to work on my couple healthy snacks and that one meal during the day. Let me just Mm -hmm. focus on that one meal. Let me get that right first. So I started Herbalife. I continued at the gym and in 18 months from my release, I lost 106 pounds. Woo! And it's funny because that first hundred pounds felt like it fell off. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a post pop up in my Facebook memories the other day that said the same thing. Like that hundred, that first hundred went fast, but these, these, the last 15 mm-hmm. are the bane of my existence. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. But even then like a hundred pounds and to think about the complete 180 you had to do from 
your starting point of, like you said, 250? Uh, two, I started at 262 when I walked out of the prison. Holy shit. Okay, so starting at 262 and that complete 180 of everything you had to do health-wise to like change your eating habits, change your exercise habits, change everything while maintaining your recovery and living in you know fairly strict guidelines of where you have to be when you have to be and how you have to be there that is a huge accomplishment like that is incredible and like Tiana I knew a lot of your story you know from forever but like holy guac I I was I could say that I could have been more proud of myself you know, it wasn't just the weight loss. It was everything else I accomplished in that time. And I honestly feel like all the other stuff that I was focusing on, on that time kept me in such a positive mindset that the weight loss, that's why the weight loss felt, felt so easy was because I wasn't, I wasn't putting it as my first priority. I had other priorities. This was just something that I, something else I have to do to help me reach my next goal. When it when you wake up and it's something you have to do, you dread it. Mm-hmm. But this is something I get to do. It was it was me being able to get out of the house and me being able to get to go spend time with healthy people, people who had become my friends, my only friends. <laughs> Uh, slowly I let in some people from town and one by one I'd kind of feel them out first Mm -hmm. some some seemed really good on the outside but were not as healthy as I had hoped Mm -hmm. and that's okay because that I feel like that was the test it's are you gonna are you gonna this is what you were afraid of being presented with so what are you going to do now Exactly. Which, which turn are you going to make? And I was able to leave those people and continue on my path. And I, I, in that time, that 18 months that I lost the weight, I, I graduated from FSU and I got my first apartment and I ended up working three jobs. I was working at a, uh, the nursing home from three o'clock in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon. And then I would go to the pizza place and I would wait tables at night. And that was also so much fun because I got to go see people. And mm. I, you know, most of my jobs are were where most of my friends were, my jobs and my gym. And I, I had uh, an apartment and I had a brand new truck and it just constantly looking back and reflecting yeah it felt like I had so far to go still Mm -hmm. but I had come so far in such a short amount of time that it wouldn't make sense to turn around now I'm not going to say there were not backslides oh no there are always backslides like as far as my weight um I had got down to 158 pounds uh August of 2018 and September of 2018, no, it was like the end of August, the beginning of September, my husband, my now husband, uh, my boyfriend at the time, who I, and this is an anomaly because this is very rare that something like this works out and it takes two very motivated and determined people, but my husband is who 
I was using with and who I got in trouble with and who I almost died with and who I watched Ooh. die on more than one occasion. And, and while I was in state prison, you know, he was just waiting for the feds to come because he was in more trouble than I was. Mm. And it, and it did happen like that. It happened in such a way that right before I got released, mm -hmm. they came and took him and he got a three year, he got a three year bid. Yeah. So, you know, his first year in, I was still on the inside, but I knew I was getting out soon. Yeah. And we were writing letters to each other and, and that was what we had to do. And we had to make a decision. Are we going to continue this relationship? Is this healthy? I remember writing him the letter telling him, I love you. And I love drugs, but I love me more. Oh, and that is so powerful. That's, and I just, it, I, I just left it at that. And I told him balls in your court. And, and he, he had been trying before mm. he knew, he knew he was going to be in trouble, but he had been trying to weed those people out of his life. But when that's all, you know, it, you know, he couldn't get away from it completely. So he goes in and about a year after he goes in, I get out. So that gave me that time to myself, that time to work on myself, that time to figure out who I was, not on drugs and not in prison, who mm -hmm. I wanted to be, what are my goals, what makes me feel good, gave me time to work on myself and find out who Tiana is. And, and then he, he got home mm -hmm. and we were ready. I was ready. I, I, I knew who I was and I felt so good and I wanted him to feel as good as I did. And and we made a promise to each other that, that we're going to put ourselves first together. Oh my God. And, That's incredible. That, and just, that in of itself is such a fascinating anomaly because it is so hard to watch someone you love do something that is detrimental to them. And the fact oh, that yeah. you were able to communicate this and like come together and decide that you guys come first. And you had time to figure out who you were. And I bet he had time to figure out who he was before <laughs> we came back together. This is just, this is like divine intervention. Like this is true alignment in the fact that you guys were supposed to be together. You're supposed to be sober. You're supposed to be kicking ass. Yes. Yes. And, and kicking ass is exactly what we're doing. <laughs> but first we made a little love. <laughs> ate a little food. Fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> I'm very and, open and honest about it. The first, when I met my husband, the only thing we did the first year we were dating was uh, go out and eat dinner and go home. That was what we did. We didn't like, you know, we didn't have things to do. Granted, I was also 18. So. Right. He, when he got home, he, he went through the same process I did. He had to go to a halfway house. I would, down in Manchester, New Hampshire. And then he came home and he was, on, he was still on paper. He had to make a schedule. And mm -hmm. my apartment just happened to be across the road from his mother's house where he was staying. So I would walk over or I remember one night, a couple days or a couple weeks after he got home, I took all the bedding out of my apartment and I put it in the bed of my truck and I drove over 
with like a bunch of snacks and we just laid in the bed of my truck in his mom's driveway until we fell asleep. Like, oh my, that's what we were doing. We were spending time getting to know each other again. We, yes, those phone calls happened and, and letters back and forth, but we were two completely different people. Here I am still figuring myself out because I had used drugs for my entire adult life, you know, figuring out figuring out who my boyfriend is all over again and and that's okay like I let that be okay I spent a little less time at the gym and a little more time on the couch that's just seemed like that was my next step get to know who your husband is and he became my husband very fast (laughs) absolutely but like also how heartwarming is that that like he came back to a person who not only he loved and he cared about, but someone who could be like, Hey, I literally not that long ago was doing exactly what you're doing. Let me help you. Like, yeah. And I was that person that's one step ahead of where you want to be. And then having them help you through it is priceless. Yes. I was able to say, I get it. I've been there. I relate like, this is what you can expect. I know how it feels. I, I wasn't out going out and to the bar like he's not having home having to wonder what his girlfriend's doing Mm -hmm. um none of that it just seemed so easy and we got married uh hold on my dad's calling you're good (laughs) um we got married a couple months after he got home and i gained about 30 pounds Mm-hmm. I did the same. I did the same. The first part of my relationship, the first year I was dating my husband, I gained about 30 pounds. Didn't even realize it. No, no, it was so fast and so easy, but I went from living in an apartment by myself, making my own meals, drinking my shakes a couple of times a day. I would eat a pizza at the pizza place, or I would eat a bowl of cereal, or I would uh, make and bring my lunch. I was so mm. used to, I had just figured out how to cook for one. And, and now it like meal time was like our time mm-hmm. together. So it turned into eating when I was hungry, which is important <laughs> to yes. be hungry. <laughs> I went from eating when I was hungry to eating because it's time and, and making way too much food. I don't yeah. know how to cook for only two people. It even. is hard. It is full disclosure. <laughs> I've been living with Ethan and cooking for, and being the primary person providing and cooking the food for like the last, was it 2021? pushing the last six years and it has taken me six years to figure out how to cook for two people yes and to I, not have enough leftovers to feed another army and because then they would just accumulate because the next night I would cook again and we yes. would throw it out I actually ended up um about a about the beginning of COVID I threw in the towel I was I work in healthcare. I going into the grocery store in your scrubs at that time was they looked at you like you had the plague maybe oh. I did mm-hmm. and I was like enough I'm gonna have groceries delivered and we started using hello fresh which they said just enough mm-hmm. and little directions and mix it up and that was that's been great my stepson last night was in the kitchen helping me following directions and that's been a lot of fun but so I put on that 30 pounds in about six months. I, mm-hmm. when I gain weight, I 
gain it. <laughs> yeah, that's a very female thing, you know? <laughs> I just feel, also, I feel like you have been heavy, especially when you've been heavy for most of your life. Mm-hmm. Your body is comfortable being heavy. It's like, I know how to do this better than I know how to do that. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you just fall into place. So I gained 30 pounds when we got married and I caught myself when I saw my the scale number creeping up to a number that I told my, that I, you know how when you're losing weight and you get through each decade and there's that one you get stuck in? Yes, I know. I am very well familiar. Yes. And there's always that one. And mine was the one eighties and I started to creep up and I'm like, no, I cannot. Can't get stuck there again. And I turned it around and, but at this point I was like, am I, 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 I'm still loving Herbalife. I, Mm. I had a shake and a mug cake today, but it was, can I do this while still eating real food solid food Mm -hmm. that my family can also eat with me so I started um intermittent fasting same I love it how do you like it on a side I I am a big fan I would fast for 16 sometimes Mm -hmm. 20 hours and I would wake up and I would have a shake and then I would have dinner with my family I could eat my pizza my whatever I was making my hello fresh my grilled cheese and soup it it didn't matter and once you become fat adapted it becomes so comfortable mm. I ended up re-losing the 30 pounds I started intermittent fasting in March and by the next January I was back at 160 pounds so That's it incredible. felt like no time at all Mm. And it was great. So (laughs) I was happy. I was comfortable back where I was. Um, I had stopped going to the gym because I was working so many jobs in, uh, right after my husband and I got married, I, I went in front of the New Hampshire board of nursing to try to petition to get my nursing license back. Mm -hmm. Yes. I remember this. Yes. I had, I had not lost my license. I hadn't done anything wrong, but it had expired and Mm -hmm. it had been expired for so long that I had to retake the LNA program. Oh, and I could not find anybody who would let me take the program with seven felonies. And I just met this resistance, this wall where the programs kept telling me I need to be approved by the board of nursing and the board of nursing wouldn't talk to me unless I took the program first. Oh my God. So the nursing home that I had been working at for two years at this point doing, uh, working in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, the administrator decided to do an LNA program through their nursing home. Oh, the Uh, alignment, the divine timing. Yes. And it was, it was, I was, it was in the middle of that struggle and everyone knew what was going on. And we were so short staffed on LNAs anyway, like every place is. Mm. And I took that class. I, I passed it with a 98 and was, I was ready. I'm like, put me on the floor. Let's go. 
I hit the floor for my orientation and while everybody's licenses are rolling in, mine was not. And we knew, we knew there was a chance that the board was going to deny my background check. And that's okay because we were ready. And I got the letter saying, this is when your hearing is like, we'll give you a chance. We want to hear what you have to say. Me, uh, the administrator from my, from my nursing home and my, and my mom went, I don't know why my mom is always there for support, even though like she, every time someone tries to talk to her, all she does is cry. (laughs) But even then to have that like supportive figure there, knowing that like your mom's got you. When, when you're, when a woman's mother is sitting next to her bawling, saying, I'm just so proud of her. Like you can't help, but (laughs) yeah, you you really can't help, but like get on that person's side. Like mom, look, I turned my life around despite seven felonies and jail time. And you know, to this day tells me constantly how proud of me she is. And, and even though that's the only thing she could say to them, they heard her and they heard me and they did give me another chance. Oh, that is incredible. It is. And I am just in awe sometimes of how far we have come, my husband and I both, in this whole, I mean, I know journey is is a word that is just like so overused and you throw it out there for everything. Mm -hmm. The journey to get my cat and the journey. Oh, yep, I know. <laughs> like, I, I know it, but like, what else do you call it? Something like that. Something where you are, you're, you're, you have a destination and you're met with crossroads and, and you have to make the right decision. And sometimes you make the wrong one and you have to turn around and, and get back on track. I mean, there is no better word for it. No, there really isn't. And that almost, honestly, that sounds much more almost like a quest like yes journey is great you're going somewhere but the kind of uphill battles and twists and turns that you encountered and overcame definitely makes it feel more quest like lord of the rings you're climbing (laughs) the mountain you're about to throw the ring into the pit so that way you know nothing else can happen and you finally reach the top of at the height of your quest you accomplished it that is such a good one. I'm going to have to remember that. I'm going to have to use it. I'm going to have to remember it because I am still on my journey, on my quest. I, believe it or not, have yet to hit my goal weight. I was 20 pounds away when my husband came home and we got married and I put on my happy weight. And I was 20 pounds away when intermittent fasting took me back to the weight that I originally got down to. And I was going strong and we were back on a downward trend and along came COVID. Don't even get me started on COVID weight. And they talk about the COVID-19, but 30 appears to be my favorite number. And <laughs> no, same, because I was doing real good. And then, because like, I've been working this entire pandemic just like you have. Yeah. And honestly, 30 happens to be my favorite number too, because it's so true. it was so easy to put on 30 pounds. And I didn't even realize I put on 30 pounds because my clothes still fit which is why I'm skeptical that I gained 30 pounds, but the scale is legit. Like it tells me 
not that scale, but the other scale too. <laughs> I get yeah. it. It's crazy. And if you look at my trajectory on on my scale app, it was March. Mm-hmm. March. I went from down to like I took to like this. I had this steady incline going on, and then in August we found out that my stepson was moving in with us full time, and he was moving in on the first day of school. (laughs) Now we're in a place where I didn't even know if he was going to school. I am working two jobs full-time. My husband is more than Mm -hmm. full-time. He works for my father. And, and now I'm going to have a school age child back in my house full-time because I, my daughter, uh, I share custody of my daughter, yeah. you know, full time for the first time in forever. And I didn't know if I was ready. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of time to mentally prepare. We knew that eventually the plan was Trace is going to come here and he's going to live with us. But I never expected to be told in a month, day one of school, he's going to be here. And I kind of like <laughs> closed in. I was like, this was my, I isolated because. Yep that's okay with me. That's what makes me feel good. I was coping. I stopped my workouts and I started reading. I read a lot of books. I read 50 books. <laughs> okay. And fair. Like that's werewolf smut and everything. Oh, perfect. That- Send me yes. those books on a side note. Send me the names of that. Girl, I have read some series that, yes. Oh, okay. Perfect. Hot. I will send them over to you. Um, but in that, that's, that was me coping. That was, I, I gained 30 pounds about it, read a few books. And, and when he got here, I said, okay, I'm pulling up my big girl panties. We're going to do this. And, and it's been, it's been, yes, we've had our ups and downs, but I think we're doing good. <laughs> and I feel like that's every parent out there. It's like, mm-hmm. I think we're doing good. Like, I feel like we're all alive today. The homework's yeah. done. Like, what more can okay, we Okay, yeah. No, if you're alive and your homework is done, I really don't think that there's a better place to be in pandemic-wise. Like, I have joked this entire time that I'm incredibly grateful I do not have children. It's something else. Because I couldn't imagine having a school-aged child to look after doing virtual learning or hybrid learning or however that looks on top of attempting to process with them what it means to be living during a global pandemic and then to also have to like emotionally support them while learning because like I do a lot of that at work and with some of the literal littler littler (laughs) English some of the smaller kiddos really just like they're like oh it's a germ and I got to keep my germs to myself some of the older teenage kids who are like pandemic's a big scary word and having to like work through all of that on top of some of their other traumas right and on top of some of their other things they have going on in their life is a lot and while I'm super grateful I get to support those kids at school doing what they're doing goodness gracious if I had to also do that job and then come home and support my own small human being that it's incredible and you're still in recovery like right that is a that is a plate of stuff to keep track of, Deanna. When I feel like I'm not doing my best, I remind myself that 
really I'm doing everything I can. And it's not even that. It's when I feel like I'm not doing enough, I have to remind myself I'm doing my best. Yes. And and, and, and it is something to work 16 hours uh, in a nursing home mid-COVID, come home, disinfect your shoes, take your scrubs off in the living room, wash your hands and your face, and then go out and try to help someone go to school. And it's been eye-opening and I I'm grateful that we have we've started to find our routine um Trace and me are getting to know each other and my husband we're all adapting and and learning what it's like to live with each other and we're finally falling into our routine and I've been able to start to feel comfortable enough to put myself first again Yes, I have to always put myself very mm-hmm. first because I'm in recovery, which is why it was okay that I isolated. It was okay that I gained the weight. It was okay that I had to take some time to process because that's what is necessary. But I'm starting to feel like we're at the point where I can I can step away and go to the gym. Thankfully, my uncle um, owns a gym. He's a personal trainer. So, you know, I'm in a gym by myself. It's me mm-hmm. and my mom and our trainer. And I've started going there three days a week again. And I've got Trace, who is a little overweight. He's had some, he's been through some stuff, man, mm-hmm. in years. And uh, we're starting to teach him what a healthy diet looks like and what moving your body in a way that feels good, but is productive feels like. And to just today, I, while he was virtually learning, <laughs> I stepped away for a half hour, went to the gym, came home. He had lunch. We did a workout. He loves the beach body videos. So we've been doing those together and it's something it's time to spend together quality time, but it's also helping me work towards my goals and, and helping him set his own goals. He got an Apple watch for uh, Christmas and he's so excited to, you know, close his rings and oh my gosh, add me to this. Why aren't we Apple watch friends? Yes. Be competing. I'm, and it's funny because their kids these days are so like, they learn technology like nothing. And I have a Fitbit that I'm so comfortable with. So he gets this Apple Watch and I'm like, you're on your own. (laughs) And he figured it out. There was one day where he made it, he like made everything. He's zoomed it in and couldn't get out. Yep. (laughs) And called tech support. But. But since then, he's got a hang of it, and it's his favorite thing. And he just it sets out every day to close those goals, and he competes with his friends and his aunt. And I think it's great. And I'm glad that this is something we can do together. And he also loves the Herbalife. Oh my gosh, uh, I, can't, I can't even fathom because, like, so right now, not only am I hearing all of the incredible things that you're doing every day, but I'm hearing like tools that you have used. Yeah, now tools that you're imparting on an impressionable child like hey guess what you feel like crap today let's work out if you feel like you need to take space it's okay to take space like those are invaluable coping mechanisms yes invaluable tools he is learning now yes i've had to use them so many times and it's nice to just be able to help him learn what worked for me um 
So thankfully, you know, he's like I said, I haven't haven't killed him yet, haven't lost him, left him at the store. Perfect. And, and and we're learning. So and I we I just started a weight loss challenge at my work. We all get together and paid twenty five bucks, and and I run the Facebook page because I I miss doing it from when I coached for Herbalife mm-hmm. and like running the pages and doing the posts and and keeping you know all the weigh ins and. So we started a challenge at work and I, this morning, we started last week, this morning I was down four pounds and, and it's just still on that quest. We're on that quest for that goal weight. And I don't know if I'm ever going to reach it. I don't even know where 140 pounds came from. It just sounds right. (laughs) Like it's been my goal weight from day one, but as long as I am continue to work towards it as long as I feel good in my body really isn't the overall goal just to look good naked like isn't that all yes I feel like yeah it's not even that like looking good because like honestly right now I'm pretty sure your husband would say the same thing is that we look phenomenal naked to them (laughs) the goal is really long term for us to look at ourselves in the mirror naked and be like you know what damn I look good today yes I feel like that is our ultimate goal I want to feel like I look good naked. <laughs> that is I, a reasonable goal, in my opinion. And really, that's the overall goal because I, as long I don't care if I'm 200 pounds or 120 pounds, as long as I feel like I look good, as long as I can get up and wear the clothes that I want to wear. Yes, that's important. Um, now, what is also important is is setting a good example for another human being mm-hmm. who who I the who I am terrified that in the world that we live in right now that he on his journey might make the wrong decision and end up going down the road that me and his father did mm-hmm. and his mother and and if I can be here and be a good example for him and and help keep him from making the wrong turn then really there's not much more I could ask from myself so I feel like I'm doing my best and that's all it really comes down to your best every day and sometimes that's not a lot sometimes doing your best is is knowing that you need to take a bubble bath and read a book and like spend some time by yourself Sometimes doing your best is coming home and sitting in your truck for a half hour because mm-hmm. you need to mentally be ready to deal with your family after dealing with dementia patients all night. Yeah. Sometimes doing your best is is maybe not getting in a workout but going for a walk because you haven't got fresh air in a few days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's knowing what is best for you. And that is really what is the most important. Absolutely. And knowing what's best for you is so much different than just doing what everyone else is doing. I mean, you know, it's super easy, especially in the health and fitness industry to get so caught up. And like right now, I think of a lot of my friends are all doing 75 hard. I've seen that. And I, it is a very mentally and physically demanding challenge at 75 days of no alcohol, 75 days of dieting, zero cheat meals allowed, 75 days of a gallon of water a day two 45 minute workouts a day, one of which must be outside. It is very challenging and it's meant to be that way. It's meant to build mental fortitude and that's incredible. But quite honestly, 
don't ask me to give up my like one or two beers a week right now. It's <laughs> not worth it for me. I've seen people doing it and, and I thought about it and I looked it up on Pinterest and I set up a little board, but I had to, I had to ask myself if it would make sense for me. It doesn't make sense for me. I, exactly. if I'm up here trying to do my best and what is best for me, it wouldn't be a good idea for me to start a challenge that I know that I can't, that I can't continue, that I can't finish. All it would be yeah. doing is me up to feel bad about myself. And yes. I have no room for that right now. Because that is exactly where I'm at. So many people started January 1st till 75 hard. Like a lot of my really good friends and I'm super proud of them. They're on like day 20 something and I'm really excited for them. But honestly, I know I couldn't do that right now. And that is my best. My best is being like, you know what? No, because Friday evenings after a long week, I really just want to sit down and drink my beer and be happy vegging out in front of the tv for 35 minutes before I cook dinner and that's okay and that you know that that is time that you need to be able to be your best mm -hmm. <laughs> like I that me too I need that me time I need that downtime I can't do it all and I know that and I, I had to accept that I it was and it, part of my recovery is accepting that I cannot do it all I period yeah. I need, and, and it's hard as an addict, everything I do, I do in excess. Yes. And I slow All down and stop doing that. <laughs> like, period. And it, and, it, and it stuck with me for a while. I ate in excess. I exercised in excess. I, you know, every, I was working three jobs. That's excessive. <laughs> and I had to slow down. And this isn't good for me. This is, yes, this isn't drugs, but this is also going to make me sick. Yes, like, it's learning balance. Right. And that has been key to everything. Sometimes mm. balance means you put on a little bit of weight because you're dealing with something else in your life. But that's okay because when the scales tip back in your favor, you can do what you have to do to get back on track. It's okay. Yes. I'm 28 years old, 29 years old, however old I am. I, I have the same moment today. Old, and I... I have the whole rest of my life to get down to that magic number. And, and it, that's, that's what it is. I have so much time ahead of me. I have come so far. I can never let myself forget about how far I've come. No, I've never. Gosh, you've accomplished things that, I mean, even in my own personal experience, in terms of human beings, I know who are living in recovery successfully I think I know maybe a five, you being one of them. It's, it's hard work and it's always going to be hard work. There's a reason yes. it's recovery because it's lifelong. And it's, it's, it is. And you have to know a lot about yourself and you have to know a lot about what you, what your limitations are. Mm -hmm. I, when I first got released, I thought I wanted to go to college for human services and go help people that were just like me. And I made it through my first sem semester. I was in intro to um, human services and mm -hmm. they showed me, they showed us a video uh, talking about addiction. And in, in the video was someone that I had used to use with. They were oh. right down, they were showing videos right from Claremont in Manchester, New Hampshire. And I'm like, oh my God, I know him. And 
of course I had been gone for a, almost a couple of years at this point. And at the end of the video, you know, I had already had to shut down and look away because they're showing people shooting up and, and people dying. And then they talked about how the, my friend, he wasn't my friend, he was an acquaintance, but how the per just that knowing person. that mm -hmm. someone that you knew was in this video had died while you were gone. It was just, I could I realized no, I and that's a lot like, and that's the other thing is like the universe is going to constantly test your resolve. And I mean, those tests are everywhere. The first big test was, you know, probably coming back and like starting to be social with a lot of those same people that you used to use with. And then continuing having those things and feelings pop up. And, you know, the best thing, at least because I've had my fair share of bout with substances, full disclosure, the only thing that ever makes me feel like I'd want to use any of those substances again was always the when I've overworked myself yes when I am so stressed when I'm so anxious when I just feel like I'm I've reached my limit and my breaking point that's exactly what I said you've got to know your limits mm -hmm. I realize my boundaries my limits I was trying to exceed them by helping people who had been through what I've been through it turns out that I can't be that close to it I have, I have to use my energy dealing with my baggage. I, I could not, I don't have enough to take in. I can't be that close to it. And, and just like you, that was me knowing my limit and you knowing your limit and same with, with your, our health journey. We have to know our limit. We have to know whether or not we can have this food in the house, mm -hmm. you know, or or whether or not you should even eat it at all because it makes you feel like crap. And oh, dude, I know. I relearned that lesson with Oreos. No, <laughs> yes. Why, love... do, why do I always have to relearn that lesson? <laughs> I love Oreos. And we have not kept Oreos in the house for years. And COVID happened and I was stressed out. I was tired. I genuinely was feeling defeated. I had been in a mask, wearing gloves, trying to like, make these children think that I was working with it I was okay so I could carry their baggage right and I was walking around the store and I was like you know what fucking I'm getting Oreos and then of course they were on sale and it was like <laughs> the stupid party pack which is like two regular packs yeah. of Oreos in one brought them home and Ethan and I sat down and ate the whole thing in like one sitting well at least he helped you yes he did help but it was like why and then of course he was like oh Liz, I noticed that you were feeling really sad, so I brought you Oreos. Try oh. to be kind and helpful. <laughs> it has been four weeks since we've had Oreos in this house. We can't keep Oreos in this house, and there's never going to be Oreos in this house. So my I'm, poor future children will have to live with that. I literally, every time I think I can, and I think I can eat a, a serving size, I don't. And I mm -hmm. eat higher package I wake up the next day almost it's almost feeling hungover oh like, yes I'm, I'm nauseous my head hurts my mouth tastes terrible from mm -hmm. all the sugar. I'm like why do I do this why do I have to keep relearning this lesson and I'll be good for another six months and then we'll try mm -hmm. again <laughs> in terms of my spiritual I'm, I've been calling it my spiritual awakening the last year I've learned that the reason I have to keep experiencing the fact that <laughs> I can't keep Oreos in the house because I have no self-control and I've learned that I don't have that limit is because I've had to learn how to set reasonable goals instead of doing everything in excess yes. like 
I'm pretty sure you remember at the height of my must lose all of this weight, you know, push for a hundred pounds down. Getting I, wedding ready. Yes, wedding ready. I was at the gym five days a week. I was compulsively tracking every calorie I put anywhere near my body. And I was like, I have to drink a gallon of water, no coffee, no this, no that, no soda, no beer. And did really well, looked phenomenal at my wedding, if I do say so myself. Yes, you did. But so much of my life has been learning what a moderate amount of anything looks like. And that's what this, like 2021 in particular, since I just set these goals, because it's, you know, still January, (laughs) setting reasonable goals for myself. So like, I'm only exercising three times a week, no more. I'm, that is it. I'm only going to try and drink 50 ounces of water a day. Because as you know, I, we're in masks all day long. I'm in a classroom with children who sneeze all the time and yes, germs and all sorts of lovely things. And I'm in a mask constantly and I'm running around literally chasing children. <laughs> so I don't always have time to stop and drink a gallon of water throughout my day, even if the majority of my day is at work. So just committing myself to those three days a week, the 50 ounces of water, you know, and like sticking to my fasting and my macro goals for six out of the seven days a week. That's reasonable. And because of that, I've become disciplined in those things, as I'm sure you know. Yes. The more reasonable, the more sustainable, the more disciplined we become. And it's true. Setting yourself goals you can actually meet. It's why I couldn't do that 75 hard because the first day I missed, screw it. I yes, because then you're back at day one. Yes, I say, okay, I'll try it again in in next week. And then I would just go ham for the week until Monday came and it was time to restart my diet. And that that's actually led to a lot of my weight gain mm-hmm. is me setting ridiculous goals because I was trying to lose the weight really fast and then not being able to meet those goals and then going into fuck it mode until mm-hmm. Monday. And, and that actually puts weight on me faster than anything else is when I am being unreasonable. Absolutely. And that is something that I see so many people continuously do is, oh, my diet starts on Monday. Oh, my, this starts on Monday. My, that starts on Monday. And it's, they feel like they have to live so big in those days in between the initial, I don't want to say slip, but in that initial out of routine moment, then getting back into routine they feel like they have to like live it up because they were somehow missing something right which is unreasonable you shouldn't have to miss out on things that you enjoy in life period so why are you trying to live without like you're setting yourself up for failure it's not easy things should be easy set it up so that you can you can, you know, you're going to be able to smash those goals every day. And mm-hmm. even if every day means six out of the seven days and that, that builds momentum that yes. keeps going, that, that leads to consistency. And that is what will eventually get the weight off is yes, you may not be perfect, but doing the best you can consistently will eventually help you hit your goals. And that is right back where I'm at. I'm going to, I'm back to doing the best that I can consistently. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. I honestly don't think I'm going to do much editing to this lovely conversation because I feel like people are going to get so much out of this dialogue as oh, yeah. it is that I don't want to like sit and edit it and try and like cut out us being real normal people. <laughs> I, well, I think that's why we mesh is because we're just yeah. normal. We're, so we're normal. We're pretty normal. We've got jobs and husbands and we're just trying to maintain our sanity. Speaking of husbands, Same. mine's going to be home any minute here and he's loud as shit. <laughs> so is mine. Mine took a nap and then he went to the barn. So that was the only reason we didn't hear him. Mine has been out cutting concrete all day. Oh, concrete. Yeah, a wet, dirty job. We're, like I said the other day, we're purchasing that company from mm. my father next year. Guys, that interview was so incredible. It was even more incredible that Tiana and I got to catch up afterwards and really talk about where life has gone for the two of us the last few years because I haven't seen Tiana due to our opposite working schedules. Plus, you know, there's like a pandemic in the outside. So that just, it makes my heart so happy. And I very genuinely just, I wish that I could bottle the feeling that I was experiencing as Tiana was talking. It is really such an incredible feat that she recognized that she needed help. She sought help and support from people who were a step ahead of her. And then she was there to support someone she loved having gone through that exact same thing. It was just such a heartwarming story about how there's always someone a few steps ahead of you who, if you ask, will be willing to help. That right there is sort of the epitome of what I want this podcast to become is me sharing these experiences and these life stories from myself and from people who might be only one or two steps ahead of you, but we're here to guide the way for you to succeed. And if you don't already follow me on socials, you can find me on Facebook at Liz Small. You can find me on Instagram at Liz Caldwell Small. And uh, if you are up for some shenanigans that might not have anything to do with the rest of the content I create, you can come hang out with me on TikTok and have a few laughs. Also at Liz Caldwell Small. Tiana, thank you so much for this interview. If you guys want to know more about Tiana's story or need resources about anything that she talked about that sort of piqued your interest, please reach out. Tiana and I know a lot about all of the resources out there available to help you or someone you love get what they need in order to maintain their recovery. Tiana, again, I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for doing this interview, girl. You guys, I will see you on the next episode. Keep shining.